welcome to episode number four of the Be Contagious Leadership Experience. I am so honored that you have decided to join us today, and I'm telling you, we don't stop bringing some amazing guests. Today, we have Duke Legend. We have the Duke Men's Basketball Director of Basketball Operations, a very good friend of mine, Nolan Smith, stops by the neighborhood, and we talk about a variety of things. His career, his time in the NBA, his journey on eventually becoming a great head coach, and what he's learned from Coach K. And again, another person who I love him as a coach, a family man, a dad, a husband, a mentor. So sit back and Joe, you are going to love what Nolan Smith drops the knowledge today. Guys, before we get started, I want to talk to you about the power of gratitude. It is the missing superpower when it comes to our players, our coaches, our family members, everyone. You know, so I encourage you to head over to HernandoPlanels.com. We've put together a great 30-day gratitude journal called the High Performing Gratitude Journal. It's designed for your athletes, for your coaches, for your people to increase performance each and every day. You are going to unleash the power of gratitude and it, you will reach levels in your life that you can't even imagine. So head over to the website, HernandoPlanels.com. Hope you pick it up and I'll talk to you soon. Guys, thanks so much. We are back for another amazing edition of the Big Contagious Leadership Experience. And you know that I only bring top amazing guests every single episode. And today we have another one for you. And you will be just blown away of his knowledge, experience, and everything else. Today we have Duke Great, staff member, assistant coach, everything under the sun of Duke men's basketball, Nolan Smith. Man, how you doing? I'm doing good, Nando. Thank you for having me on. Man, I tell you what, it's been it's been too long. I've been waiting at for some reason. Like I'm thinking of guests who I can have on the podcast. I'm like, wait a second, I know people. I just haven't reached out to the people that I know, man. So, right, so really, right. I appreciate you coming out. It, just you know, for the three people in the world who don't know who you are, if you don't mind giving them the elevator spiel of who you are. Yep, yep. So my name Nolan Smith, obviously, uh, 2010 national champion. Pretty much done everything with basketball, but now just continuing to use the gift of basketball to, you know, make sure these young men reach their dreams. That's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Uh, I'm actively in the community. I'm the Teen Cancer America ambassador, I'm doing a lot of things on and off the court. You know, just use just using the gift of basketball to, uh, you know, spread spread love. That's all. I think one of the things that, you know, you know, I spent seven years at Duke and, and we had great conversations and everything. One of the things that I love about you is your character, right? I know people say that a character is a big thing, but like yeah. you, you really practice what you preach or at least try to, right? You try and do it everywhere that, uh, where does that come from? Where does that character come from, uh, from growing up? Uh, I think it always came from the fact that I always, I always had a sense that it was bigger than basketball. So I always wanted to carry myself in that manner. You know, you know, there's some people that think of themselves as just basketball players. So then, you know, they might get a certain arrogance about themselves as a basketball player. But if you really think life after basketball and bigger than basketball and who you are as a person, that's that's going to change your character. And because my mom and the way I was raised, I always, always, always thought that way and moved a certain way that when I came across whoever it was, I treat everyone with respect treat everyone with love and, you know, you get the same in return. And that's something I've always, always vowed, laid my hat on is, is exactly that. And I will never change that. 
Now, how has that helped you in your career in terms of being a teammate, not only in high school, AAU, at Duke, in the NBA, and now as a coach? How has that helped, and, and how has you been able to be contagious for others because of what you're able to show them? It's, it's always helped me connect with people. Uh, and I think in, a, in the sports world, whether it's coaching as a player, uh, now on the operations side, connecting with people is what it's all about. And the fact that I've always been able to connect with my teammates on the court during good times, bad times, they always <laughs> knew that they were going to get the real me and it was going to come from a good place. So it helped me as a leader on the court. Um, now as a coach, my, my, my staff members, people that I work with on a daily basis, they know they're going to get this smile and the same me no matter what's going on. Even, when I, even if, if it's something that gets messed up behind the scenes and I have to you know, get on somebody, you know, they know I'm going to do it in a loving and respectful way, never in a big-time way. I don't big-time anybody and just treating everybody from top to bottom with the same love and respect. And, you know, I think that's, that's pretty much how it's, you know, I've become a leader and I've, and I've learned a lot of my leadership skills now to this day and, and gotten better at leadership and being a leader from Coach K. I mean, Coach K treats everyone from Celestina, who is our cleaning lady in the facility, to his, his daughter who works right beside him. He treats everyone the same with the same love and respect. Right, right, right. And I think so many people, I think, miss that part of it, right? It's, it's, they get a title, they get a position, and then all of a sudden they lose who they are with everything. You're definitely grounded. You definitely have, have the character. When you are making connection with people, with, with a brand new recruit, with brand new student athletes coming in with a new employee, what are things that you do to connect with them right away? Take them to eat. <laughs> That's right. To eat. You know, if it's a new hire, new anything, new player, whatever, just to get to know people, we go eat, break bread. And mm -hmm. you break bread with somebody, I think that's how you just create a relationship. And it doesn't have to be a five-star dinner where you're sitting there for two hours and then you just start just <laughs> like uh, 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 talking, talking, talking. But lunchtime where it's a 30-minute sit-down, you just get to asking them just little questions. How are you? How's your family? What's your background? You know, why'd you get into basketball? What, what makes you what makes you passionate about it? And then you really get to learn people. You get to learn how they move, how they want to move. Do they want to move up in, in this business? They, are they comfortable where they at? No matter what it is, whether they're comfortable, they want to move up, you'll, you'll get a sense of their hunger and where they want to be. So as a leader, to get to know who you're working with is, is key to make sure that, A, y'all have a very good work relationship, but then you know how to really push push your team to make them be the best they can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's I mean, breaking bread is one of the simplest and best forms of getting to know you. I love that you say you watch how they move, right? Mannerisms is so much like when I talk a lot, I move my hands a lot. So when I'm talk with some people, either look in my hands like I'm going to punch them, even though I'm not going to, or they're trying to listen to what I'm saying. So then I realize like, I better stop moving my hands yeah. because they're not paying attention to anything that I'm saying with it. Yeah, yeah. Let's do, rewind do, do a little bit. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's something I've had to learn and what's so funny is I don't even notice it until people watch my videos and like man you move your hands a lot I was like well I mean I am kind of his I'm half Hispanic so you think I'm a boxer I'm ready to get you even though <laughs> yeah, I, I won't do anything I was telling my wife a story the other day and I was doing this blah 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 blah, blah. and she's like what are you doing and I was just like my father, when I get passionate in my hands I don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> 
That's totally right, right? Like, what do you do with your hands? You put them in your pocket? Do you, like, cross your arms? No, you you have to be demonstrative. You're passionate, man. That's what you yeah. got to do. <laughs> let's let's rewind a little bit. You talk a lot about leadership, and and, and obviously it's, it's one of the staples of what we do in this podcast and what we preach and everything and teach. When you were coming to Duke, how soon – were you able to get or trying to get on the same pages with the coaches on leadership and how uncomfortable and comfortable were you in those roles? Yeah, I was to start out. I was very uncomfortable. Um, obviously uh, our program teaches leadership from day one and they preach talking, communicating, they teach confronting, they teach, you know, accountability out right away on the court, off the court. If you see something, you speak on it, you look at each other, tell the truth, like all the things that we teach in our program as a, as a freshman, it was very difficult and very uncomfortable, mm. especially the talking part. Um, and I never, never knew I was never a shy guy. Um, and I was student body president in high school. So I never had a problem with talking, right. but, then, <laughs> but then, but then you get to college and you kind of, you know, it's a new environment. So you're kind of, okay, mm -hmm. I'm like this little freshman on a college campus, Coach Case, and you're telling me to talk. Um, my, my tongue is tied. Like, this this is weird. And it's basketball. Like, why am I afraid to talk right. basketball? Like, I'm on the court. But it was just <laughs> something about it that just, I couldn't get out of my shell. I couldn't get out of my mm -hmm. shell. I felt like I kind of felt like I was taking a backseat to the seniors and juniors. Felt like, it was their job to talk. And I just kind of wanted to play. So, you know, it took it took a year or two for me to really get comfortable with what they were trying to say, you know, all the points that they wanted to hit as far as communicating. Finally, junior, end of sophomore, junior, senior year, finally I said like, okay, I can talk. I can I can get outside of myself. I get outside of myself and give myself up. I'm thinking less. Now I'm being more instinctive. And it all really mm. started to make sense as I as, just as I got older. You said something earlier, which was interesting. You talked about how you teach, you know, you are learning how, uh, how to confront things, you know, confrontation. You know, a lot of times when people think about teams and family, they're like, oh, no, no, everyone's like all nice and honky-dory and all that stuff. How important is confrontation in a team and a family concept? Oh, it's so important. Um, if, you let, if you let any issues dwell in your house, in the workplace, anywhere, I mean, it's, it's, it's not healthy. And especially for our teams, we say, look, do you, like, there's something little just like this. Do you know that he should have took that shot? Yes. Did you tell him he should have shot it? No. Why not? I don't know. Well, we lost the game by two because he didn't take that wide of a three that you know he could have hit. I know he could have hit, but you didn't say anything. Why not? Well, that's an issue. And if you can't if you can't correct issues right away in real time, because after the game it's too late. <laughs> right. After the right. after the right. <laughs> after the divorce, it's too late. After the class mm -hmm. project, it's too late. After whatever, you can't do anything after. You have to handle <laughs> certain things right away, face to face, immediate confrontation, and this is where you have to learn who you're talking to because you have to do it a certain way. You can't yell at everybody. You can't MF everybody. You gotta, you gotta know who you're talking. Some guys can handle that. Some guys can't. Some guys need to. Hey man, I need you. Or hey babe, I think we really need to work this out. 
like however it is that you're communicating with that with that partner, that teammate, whatever it is, it has it has to be has to be right away. Right. I I love how you are blending the team concept with even a partner concept, right? Because I've always said it for years, like leadership, no matter at what level, no matter what it is, is the same, very similar across the board. And if you could have like great leadership, it's so funny. Like I read, I get a lot of people asking what books I read. I read more books on marriage now than I ever did. And I'm not married, right? It's like, (laughs) you're trying to figure out a way to gain a connection um, with them. As you've gone through the years, your time at Duke, um, going to MBA, and then that, you know, being on staff, has it changed in terms of the student athletes coming in on how much they can take the uncomfortability and um, being confrontational? It definitely has changed um, from when I got there to now. Like overall, I think the guys I played with and from 2007, 8, 9, 10, like all of us, we knew how to confront and we knew. Like at the end of the day, we were going to be okay. I feel like kids nowadays, they're just, they're definitely different as how in the ways that they communicate, whether that's the social media area where they'd rather snap it to one another or TikTok it to one (laughs) another, DM it, whatever. Like it's just something different in the way that they communicate. And obviously they're all friends and they're all close, but if you're friends and close, you should be fine with confronting your friend. But there's just something that they just... Mm aren't comfortable with doing that and we we talk about it all year long we try and pressure them to do it like look it's okay he's not gonna get mad at you like we're in a film session hey aren't y'all cool are you gonna be okay if he tells you to play some play some damn defense like no all right well then say it there's not there's nothing wrong with that but there's definitely there's definitely a generational uh, shift that youngins do not (laughs) want to confront they don't yeah no, they, they, it's it's very interesting. It's, you know, the more where there's more avenues to communicate because of social media, because of video, because all these things, it's actually less in many ways, right? It's mm-hmm. becomes more of that social media, like, hey, look at me, what's going on, everybody, but not being able to to confront them and everything else. Yep. When yep. you transitioned to the NBA, what was, uh, was there a difference in communication? Was it highlighted more when it comes to that what were your experiences there uh transitions to the nba yeah so when you went from you know duke uh, tremendous career duke won a national championship you go to the nba how was the communication was it was it very similar were you prepared things like that yeah no it was it was very different um i think it was more of a (laughs) it was more of a real life Real life environment. I'll, I'll, I'll describe it like that because in college, it's very tight knit, like family. You're with your brothers all the time. You're with your coaches all the time. You see each other. But NBA, like the, the the communication came from the trainer who would send out a text message like, "Oh, flight flight tomorrow at five thirty after practice." Like, boom, that'd be it. Um, you better be on that flight on time or you're going to get fined $3,000 for being <laughs> late to the flight. Like just little stuff like that. It was just like when we leave practice, I was going home to my apartment and the rest of the guys were going home to their their apartment. I mean, my team was, my rookie year, it was me and maybe two other guys that were 21, 22 range. The rest of the team was an older team. They're all mm-hmm. 31, 32 with families. So they're going home to, to be dads. 
You don't see them until the next day right. at the game or at practice. So the the, the, the communication and, and the leadership is, is different, you know, especially the communication. The leadership, you get it, but you get it during games from the vets, just from being vets. But you're not getting that leadership off the court. You're not getting the leadership, you know, in any way to act as far as a business standpoint. You're on your own when it comes to that. So when you get to mm-hmm. that level, you you better be, you, you better have a strong team around you <laughs> that's gonna help right, right. help you lead lead you in the right way. If you're if you're a young and going into the NBA, or you better just be a mature young man that's ready. Wow. So you know, so when you see all these younger guys coming in into the league, so you're talking about they've got to have a good solid base of people, like a pool of people that could be with them and 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 everything else. Yep. When you were going through your rookie year. How many guys, you don't have to give me a number. What I mean is like when you would talk to other rookies, were they getting the same sense? Was it one of those things? Not necessarily you miss college because obviously you're going to miss and love everything that, that you do. But but how were people doing mentally in the transition? No, I think it was definitely tough. And I saw a lot of I saw a lot of rookies come in and obviously a lot of guys come out there and they live with their boys or they have like a best friend with them. But I mean, Damian Lillard had his mom with him. And that was that was cool to see. I think that that kept his family close, and he and he was a four year guy, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> so which, which tells you like you need your family. Like you go to go to the NBA, you go to the professional sport sports worlds. Like you need your family, you need people close. Because like I said, once 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 practice and games are done, you're on your own. And I think he just he kept, he definitely had an adjustment, but with his family close, he had his big brother with him. And so many other guys on the team, whether it was a, a aunt living with them, an uncle living with them, just having that having that family helped help these guys um, transition. Yeah, I, I think anytime you go somewhere, you need that support. You need people are going to be in your corner, no matter what avenue you're you're in with everything let's switch back now you 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 come back to duke i saw you every year at summer you know obviously you came back you're working on the staff and everything else um as you go in your career and you start putting your leadership philosophy talk about that and and thoughts that are forming in your head as you move on in your coaching career yeah um i think i think about this all the time and you know as i put it together i mean i want i want my whole I want my whole program to be leaders, <laughs> you know, and I want everyone, I want everyone to feel confident that they can step up and have a voice. And for me, whenever I think about leadership, leadership starts with preparation. There's one thing that I always know is that when I wake up in the morning, I always feel prepared for whatever that day might bring. I always feel ready to take on whatever. And I know once I get to that gym, my team might not feel the same way. I have to be able to recognize that and react and get on them mm-hmm. to be ready to, to either change their mood or give them some type of confidence to boom, change it immediately. Right. Like, look, because if you want to have a big time program, I think everyone needs to be at, at their A game every single day. You know, now when they go in the office, close the door, Cool. Have your moment, <laughs> you know, because every, every yeah, everybody right. has moments throughout a day where they're just like, man, today's just not my day. I don't feel good, whatever. But when we're when we're on the court, when we're in a meeting, I need everyone sharp. I need everyone mm-hmm. sharp and locked in and at their best. So 
that's that's going to be my philosophy is just creating and building leaders in a whole environment full of leaders and everyone should be on the same page daily and on the same page to just be the best. You know, I, I love what you said, uh, first of all, on your philosophy, because I, I think like you, what you're doing is you're already thinking ahead of time when you have your program and what is it going to look like? And I think coaches and leaders and CEOs and entrepreneurs have to see that vision. You said something that, that really um, struck me, which now, of course, I forgot in my head because I really had it set up. It was darn, I forgot. Anyway, it was more about like how you prepare. When you talk about preparation, um, are you talking about like studying film? Are you talking about how you walk, how you talk? Like, how do you want your staff and your players to prepare? How, how does that look for you? Yep, yep. So for me, you know, I'll start with my staff. You know, the staff, A, it should definitely be film, you know, preparing for film so that when you come in the next day and we're talking about an opponent, you should be ready. <laughs> you should be ready for that opponent. Mm. You should know the personnel and just, just knowing everything. But really, you know, when I think about my staff as far as preparation, before they leave that house, their houses in the morning to come to work, they should be ready to work. <laughs> mm. Like, if you need to take a little time and detour to get some coffee, but prepare, prepare before you go to bed at night. Prepare your mind that the next day is going to be, you know, war room type type atmosphere, mm. and I'm ready to go. You know, then and the head coach is always going to set that vibe. You know, and that vibe should be set daily. You know, if you if you if you wanted to be a, you know, lighthearted day, then you'll set that right away too. You know, it's all about about the mood that you want to set. But on most days, it's gonna be look, we're ready to work. So for my staff, just preparing before they lay before they lay their heads down at night that hey, tomorrow I'm gonna be great. You know, I, I, I'm definitely a believer in, in visualizing the next day, attacking the next day with the right mindset. So as you lay down, my staff, they better be ready to come the next day. And for my players, again, preparation. What are, what are you doing to be the best that you can be, you know, as, as a player? And I know I know as a player, sometimes I might not have did that to the best of my abilities. But now as a coach, I'm in a position now where I can teach, teach and help groom these, these young guys to prepare better than I did. Like I prepared really good, but I want them to be better than me. I want them to prepare better right. than I did. I want them to eat better than I did. Like I had a little too much cookout uh, my, my senior year. Like, I don't blame you there, man. Hey, look, I feel like if I had less cookout my senior year, I might have averaged 23 and not 21. <laughs> like the extra two points, it looks right. better. Like, right. just, So I just want them to prepare and know that the mindset to prepare and be at their best and, and in order to compete at the highest level that they can. You were talking about leaders. You want a team full of leaders from coaches to players. So when you get a staff coming in, um, you know, how do you empower them to lead? Right. Because I think a lot of times when coaches come in, they either want like, no, I I know how to do everything X's and O's or, well, that's what the head coach wants. I'm not going to go ahead and say anything. So how do you get them to lead and teach them how to lead? Yep. My trick, my trick will be asking at the end of a staff meeting, full staff meeting, which include academic advisor, everybody that's in the room, does anybody have anything to say? And I will go around the room to every mm-hmm. single person. And if they say, no, I'm good. And they might, that first meeting, it might catch them off guard. And I'm gonna say, right. look, this, this is how I'm gonna end every meeting. 
I think that right there is going to empower them to be like, oh, dang, he really, he really wants my input. Like, I, I got to be ready tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. let me, let me prepare differently now. Cause right. that means they weren't prepared. So now I'm setting up the preparation. Now they're going to start preparing for every single meeting that I have to give me something like the assistant mm-hmm. coaches, X's and O's. What you got? You got something for me? Right. No, nah, I ain't got nothing. Okay. All right. What you got? So now, again, now the coaches are preparing differently. Oh, man, he really is empowering the leadership that he wants to hear our voices. Like, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be just one voice, you know. Leaders, one thing, the best thing I think a leader can do is listen. <laughs> As a leader, you should listen. Listen to your staff, listen to your team, listen to your players, listen to your trainer, listen to them. You might not agree with what they, they have to say, but at least if you listen to them and hear it, you know, I think that's that sets a great environment and it sets a great feel for your program that everyone is going to hear and respect you for letting them speak. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, one of the best quotes I've heard is I write leaders don't just uh, create followers, right? Leaders create leaders. Yep. That that's, that's what they have to do in order to be a great leader in order to do everything that you're doing. You're talking about mental toughness. Okay. So how do you get you, Family, players, mentally tough. I know that's a big question a lot of people, but how does Nolan Smith do that? Put them in tough situations. Hmm. Put them in tough situations, whether it's in practice, whether it's in practice, off the court, just challenge them. You know, I think there's a lot of mental toughness building exercises that you can do, you know, just to train your guys. You know, I definitely think there's a lot more stuff nowadays as far as training to train that obviously they'll go through it in games and they'll then you can teach them lessons but again you want to be prepared for those tough moments so you gotta you gotta do the tough stuff prior to that you know we did a lot of tough things um before we won the championship that summer you know with uh colonel trevis with some army rotc work Mm -hmm. which it helped our mental toughness of just getting through something like when we got on the court I mean, there was one time they're like, we were, I think we were, we were all tired. Like it was a tough hardball <laughs> game. We were all like, yo, we've been through tougher. <laughs> right. Soon as soon as uh, Lance Thomas said that to us, we were like, you're right. Boom. Went back out, went right. on a 10-0 run. And that was just the mental toughness that we had. So, you know, preparing preparing the team to go through something in the preseason, in the summertime, just to make sure that their their mind is getting ready. So when they are in a tough moment, they can say, oh, I've been through tougher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's great when you have like that one teammate or collectively as a whole, like we've, we've been through this, like we're prepared for this. Yep. Nothing can get in our way um, with anything. When when you become the next great head coach of anywhere around the world, what is your, like, what do you look for in recruiting, right? What What is a Nolan Smith recruit look like? Yeah, uh, Nolan Smith recruit looks like, uh, I'm definitely going to say high character definitely have to have high character um because you have to represent the school you know first Mm -hmm. and foremost I'm going to be hired by a school so I have to make sure that all my players represent that school I'm going to treat that school with the same respect that I treat my alma mater Duke like so I want them to you know take that school to another level um as far as the class that we carry ourselves with so I have to make sure every player you know has that class and then obviously like every coach is gonna say, you got. I'm gonna look for the talent. I'm gonna look for the effort. But I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look for the winners. <laughs> you know, the, the winners are the guys that I'm gonna want to coach. And you can definitely create winners, mm-hmm. but the guys that I'm gonna go after, they they better be. When I go out and see them on the on the circuit, 
they better be definitely leaning more towards the winning side right. <laughs> of their attitude and their their body language when I'm watching them play, how they carry themselves with their teammates, you know, all those little things. I'll definitely be watching the player as he walks to the bench, who's, who who smacks the whole benches, uh, gives the whole bench a five as they're as they're walking out of the game, or who takes the long route, grabs his water, and slams himself to the bench. Like those those little things, which I think a lot of coaches watch, but those those ones that do that do the, the right thing when they go, I'm, that's what I'm going after. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Character. I mean, I think a lot of people talk about winning, but you went in depth more than just obviously the scoreboard. You're talking about how they win when they come out of the game, how they when coach speaks to them. I mean, all those different character things that are so important when you're looking um, yeah. for your next, you know, player with everything else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all it's all attention to detail, and those mm-hmm. things are like the little details of it. And I think that stuff correlates to the end of game, the help defender slides over to help help the helper and takes the charge. Mm. Like that's the attention to detail that I think those players will do versus somebody who isn't doing those little things. It's the little things that matter on the court to win. So I think it all goes hand in hand. Right. Yeah. Now how how do you work on your craft, right? And I'll just set the table for people for the three people who don't know you, right? Yep. So you're you're in a staff position for Duke men's basketball. So you're not necessarily on the court because of these ridiculous NCAA rules. And I could say, it cause I'm no longer coaching. So, <laughs> you know, so how do you work on your craft every single day when you're not out there kind of giving instruction, running the out of bounds plays? Like what are you doing on an everyday basis to work on you? Um, I'm always watching film, <laughs> whatever that is. I'm always watching film. I'm always writing down plays. I'm always just doing something basketball related I think for me like the flip side from being a player as a player I was always in the gym getting Mm -hmm. shots up working on my ball handling now I'm now on the coach's side okay what do I do now first first year when I first got into coaching as special assistant I didn't really know but I had to refine a a different type of love it wasn't the playing love Mm. it's the coaching love and to refine that I had to fall in love with watching film and it can get tiring. Sometimes I might fall asleep with the laptop on my lap. Right. <laughs> like like it, it happens. But it's it's part of the grind. It's part of the the learning. And I really had to really had to fall in love with watching film. Like I said, in a different way. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always studying. I'm studying. Man, how could how could they have scored differently on that play? Or what 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 did they do defensively there to get that stop? Was it the help side? Was it not? Like just the whole mental. The mental thing that I do when I'm watching now and I'm off the court and I'm watching a practice, like it's it's just like it's very it's nitpicky, but it's very just like I guess it's it's direct. I'll say it's direct as far as what what my vision is and what I'm trying to learn that day. Mm-hmm. And you're preparing like you're preparing your mind when you get in those positions. Now you're ready to go. There's no like yep. oh I have to get used to doing this. I have to be able to to do that. Yep. You know, uh, another thing that I really noticed about you, obviously, is is your personality in terms of, I know you said earlier that you were the class president, right? And and you really are, like, have that persona, right? But what I love is that you're always smiling. Okay, now I know this is kind of ridiculous, but talk about how important a simple smile is on an everyday basis. Yeah, nah, I mean, I think a smile is, a smile, a smile goes a long way. Um, 
for me, I, I wake up every day with a smile, A, because I'm thankful that I woke up. And every, mm. day is not, every day is not promised. So when I go to work, I'm thankful that I have a job. I'm thankful for where I'm at with my job. I'm, I'm just always thankful. Um, <laughs> it's funny, I, I used to have a passion to always say, you know, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Like, <laughs> that's, 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 that's it every day. I, um, I say it in my head, too blessed to be stressed. Mm-hmm. And there, there are tough days, and there are days where now, I might not be feeling the best. Like I said, there, you're going to have those moments, but I'm always going to find a way to put a smile on my face. And when I see someone else, they, they definitely aren't going to know that I'm having a bad day because, hey, that's weakness. I never, I'm never going to show weakness. <laughs> that's for sure. So that, that, smile, that smile lets them know I'm good and, and I am good and I'm going to be good. And I want, I want to make sure that's contagious to them. So when they yes, smile... Yes, use the word. Like, oh, yeah. Smile's contagious, man. And and I want them to smile and then they feel good just for smiling, just whatever they are thinking when I'm smiling at them, you know, it, it, hits, it hits their heart a different way. So right. I love smiling. Uh, that's uh, it's, it is, uh, I think whether it's like all shirts or, or maybe there's memes that, you know, smiling is like your business card. Like it's who they see you as and, and how they see you. And I think that is, you know, really, really important with everything. You know, I, the other part about you that I find just really awesome is how you are a resource to any athlete, right? It's not just men's basketball. I've seen you around campus when I was at Duke. You spoke to everybody and anybody, whether it's giving words of encouragement or nice job and you know, in your baseball game, softball, whatever else it is. I know you have pride for Duke because you went there, but is is how important is that for, for others to feel that they are noticed in what they're doing? Yeah, no, it's it's very important. You know, like like I said, like we talked about recruiting players. Like I want the players to represent the university with class. I still look at myself as a representative of Duke University, which I am. And I try to represent that every single day with the same class. Even though I work for Duke men's basketball, I work for Duke University, Duke athletics. Mm-hmm. So whether I'm out supporting Duke women's basketball, Duke softball, um, baseball, football, whatever it is. And I see these athletes, I want them to know that I'm supporting them um, and that Duke basketball supports them. So I'm an extension of, of the program. And that I think that goes a long way. I mean, when I walk by and I'm on campus and I high five a football player, yo, you look good yesterday. Like I can I can I can feel that they 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 truly enjoy that. Cause right. you know, I know from experience, like there's some sports, and this is every school, not just Duke, but some sports and athletes feel like they might not get the the attention that one other sport might get. And mm-hmm. I've always had a soft spot for that because um, I feel everyone should should get the attention. You know, they're all mm-hmm. doing great things. They're all student athletes. You're D1 student athletes. Like, that's big time to me. Right. So when I can give that love or, or, or flash that smile to them and say, oh, keep doing what you're doing, man, I, I just, I got to support it. And I, su- I support all the Duke student athletes. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think the support, I think one of the things that doesn't get spoken about is, the, the the life of a student athlete, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's that perception like, oh, your life is so easy. I mean, it's, I mean, you wake up earlier than everybody, you have workouts, you have school, you have all these different things and that we forget the life of a student athlete, that it is, it is tough. It is very, very difficult all, all the time, no matter what situation yes, um, you're in. I want to switch gears with you real quickly. Um, you are a dad right? You are a husband. Like how has family life changed you or has it? 
Family life definitely has changed me. Uh, being a dad changes you the minute it happens. And I mean, it just, it gives you a whole different look at life. Like mm. it's just a, a whole different sense of purpose, a whole different sense of preparation. Why, a, a, a why, a new why. I mean, I always had my whys as to why I work so hard, but now it just, it's like, this this is a real why right <laughs> like like i'm waking up every day i'm i'm setting an example for my baby girl i'm representing my wife i'm setting an example my mess up i'm not just messing up nolan smith or shana smith i'm messing up cameron smith like mm. <laughs> like everything i do it affects those two i know that I, and getting married and having kids that's that's what you want on your back like Right. If you don't want that, don't get into it. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't don't have kids. Like if you if you're not okay with that, um, that's that's what it is. And I've learned that uh, since getting married and since and since having my first child, um, it's it's life changing and it's life changing yeah. for the better. Oh man, I love it, man. I love your passion. I love what you stand for. I love it, man. We've known each other for a long time, and I'm honored you be able to come down. I got one more question for you. This yes, is sir. the top question that people love. They've been listening to this all program long to hear this answer. Okay. Noah Smith, when they make your full featured film on Netflix or on the movie theaters, who is playing Nolan Smith? Uh, hmm. That's a good one. That's a, that's a good one. I know hard-hitting questions on the BCLE every time. <laughs> um, what's my guy? Erdis Elbin. Oh, Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Yes. Yeah. He's playing wow. me. He's hey, listen. He is great because then he has the English accent and then he has yeah. like a good. Uh, and I tell you, you know, that's a really, really good one. That's a really, really. Good, I go bigger. I'm going for the Rock because my nickname is the Pebble. So this okay. way, it's like a little offset and everything else. You know, I like it's ridiculous. That. I like that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Nolan, where can people reach out to you? Where are you on social media? I'm sure you know a lot of coaches have felt a very a connection with you because you gave step-by-step. Step. And what you did today is that you gave them a blueprint of what they should be doing, no matter what position they are, no matter you know what leadership spot they are, no matter if they're on a team or a business, where can people reach out to you? Yeah, N.Smitty, uh, N-D-O-T, Smitty, S-M-I-T-T-Y, and especially during this time, reach out. I'm, I'm in the house. I'm, I'm busy, but I'm checking my DMs. I'm checking my Twitter DMs. If you have a question, just, just hit me up. I'm more than happy to answer your questions. Hop on a Zoom, talk to you, whatever it is. So reach out. Man, that is amazing. Nolan, I appreciate you coming on, man. Really, you've, uh, okay. I, I'm honored to know you, honored to know you as, as a man, a father, and a husband, man. Thanks so much for coming on the BCLE. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. I mean, come on, Nolan Smith dropping the knowledge on this beautiful, beautiful day. Go ahead and reach out to him. He is truly an amazing person uh, with his experience, his background. He would love to hear from all of you after you listen to this episode. Guys, when you have time, please head over to iTunes. Without you, there is no BCLE. Love to hear you rate us, rank us, tell us what we need to improve. Don't forget, reach out to us, DM me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, or email me at h at hernandoplanels.com. Don't forget to visit hernandoplanels.com and pick up your brand new high-performing gratitude journal designed to help you to take you to different stages of your life. Guys, 
you know, as we head into, and as I'm recording this, this is the end of 2020. We're heading into 2021. I wish you the many blessings uh, that come with life. Continue to be a joy uh, and a beacon of light for everybody around you. Listen, you need the energy and they need to feel and hear your energy too. Thanks so much for joining us at the BCLE and we'll see you next time. Oh, 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 oh,